Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplify. This is Ken Roshan. We are in D.C. live, and we are, of course, sponsored by Big Events USA, the Cute Smiling Movement, the Umbrella Syndicate, and the Red Carpet Connection. So I'll bring in my co-host for the show, Andrea. How are you doing? Really super amped about what we're going to be doing today. (laughs) Well, same here. You know, it's not often we do a show where we have one guest we typically have a first segment and second segment but we have a superstar that needs to be on for the full hour because he's really going to be talking about what you are doing with your business and what is holding you back from being successful so he has a book called your three horses and i'm actually going to have andrea give the nice introduction for todd go ahead andrea uh, absolutely. Uh, Todd Radis is our guest. He's a best-selling author, speaker, radio show host, and business consultant, specifically in the areas of hospitality. He also trains people in their businesses. So what he does, his specialty is helping businesses really help themselves. He works with the owners and the managers to learn how to create and meet the highest standards in leadership and customer service to a point where they cannot fail, where they... 10x their business beyond belief and his book is called uh, three horses the keys to your success and happiness and it's really about using your desires passions and persistence to create happiness and find success in your life so we're going to have a really great hour with him really fine-tuning what it is that you can do in your business to really excel beyond whatever you're original thought processes for your potential and go beyond so i'm excited about todd being on the show come on with us hey todd good morning Ken. how are you guys doing today doing wonderful you know i'm really excited because typically we are under the gun with a a time watch and we have to get as much content in and as much conversation and of course there's so much that's left out and we always wish there's a second segment for that person or a second show we could just go over another hour so we have an opportunity to have a nice methodical great deep conversation with you and i guess we all three owe dr greg reed a thank you because the secret knock once again provided connections with like-minded like-hearted and super talented people so i'm i'm very grateful that we were able to see you at secret knock but more so that the conversation after secret knock led to this show as well as really having a partner to launch the key smiling movement in a way that would be not only powerful but create real high abundance and impact so thank you in ahead of time for what you're going to be creating with us oh well excuse me well you're welcome very much and this is kind of my life's blood. Uh, for, for 30 years in management, I was known as a fixer, and I worked in nine different industries, and, and it was all organic. Uh, I, would, I would work at one business and, and do wonderful there, and then somebody would want to hire me into their business, end up working in manufacturing, uh, hospitality. I did restaurant, bar, valet services, hotel front end, you know. So I have this vast experience in all these different industries. But what I found is that success in your business is really about what you think it's going to be and, and attaching yourself 
to your business and in a uh, emotional and personal way that doesn't interfere with your regular life. So your business is this, uh, it's its own emotional state. And you, when you bring people in to help you fix your business or even yourself first is extremely important, especially when you want to build, you know, leadership. That makes sense. So I love to start a show off, regardless of how much time we have with the guest, with learning more about who you are, your journey. And so if you'd like to share with even a little more depth um, where you were born and what your childhood was like and what happened in your childhood and journey that caused you to be who you are now. Oh, okay. No problem. Uh, I was born uh, just in Trenton, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Uh, my family's from Pennsylvania, so that's how uh, I ended up way over here on the East Coast. Uh, in high school, I had several different jobs, but I had a job as a salesman, and, and this is an interesting story because it's kind of led to my first my first position in management later in life. And I wanted to be a salesman. I was young to be a salesman in a department store, even back in the day. But I eventually got the position. My boss took me to a seminar. And it was a sales. And interestingly enough, for those of us who travel the circuits, you'll recognize this name. The, the keynote speaker that day was Zig Ziglar. And I know people even today who would, would give an arm to have seen Zig Ziglar live when he was alive. So that, that led to this whole leadership philosophy that ended up growing later in life. But my next phase was I went into the service. And I was an aviation electrician kind of long story. I recommend my book if you want to read it, but I, I had a unique way of achieving that rate, that rate. And I got it out and I wanted to own a business. So for another thing, I did tattoos. I have some artistic talent and I did tattoos on the side and he said he would finance a studio. And that did not work out. I uh, ended up homeless down in Florida waiting for my to bring the money to open this tattoo studio. And I decided I was going to open it anyway. So amongst some deals with people I had met for places to work, uh, nine months later I had a tattoo. Six months ago, to make 300000 and then I was shut down. Uh, being a young man who had no associations with anyone in business, had no idea what I was doing, I had another tattoo artist about what... I should be doing the vehicle. It was all ignorance. Well, I ended up, they ended up locking the door and taking everything away from me because I had no business license. But zero of the requirements for the state of Florida for having So it was a pretty valuable, hard way to learn that lesson that you need to know more about what you're doing in order to do it. Like just being good at doing tattoos isn't enough. You have to know what you're doing on the business end. And that's where, you know, you mentioned Secret Knock. Secret, wonderful place to meet people who've already been there and done that and can give you guidance. So that's where the power of networking really comes in. So you're actually spending a day with us. And you do you typically drive to your clients uh, that you're going to help? And I also want to, I guess, preface this by saying that you have helped a multitude of businesses really get out of their own way. And in reading your book, Your Three Horses, uh, Desire, Passion, and Persistence, I noticed that a lot of things you talk about are really very 
very grounded mindset, character, etc. So if you wouldn't mind talking about, first of all, how many businesses have you helped get out of the way and what is the reason most businesses are failing? Uh, the primary reason business fails is, is most people are unwilling to get counsel from people who know what they're doing. And that's, that's one of the major problems people have is, is we're arrogant by nature. We, we know what we know, and we know better than other people around us. And since so many businesses fail, and when you go in and you speak to these owners, you find out they're not networking with their competitors. And interestingly enough, networking with your competitors is where you find out how you should be running your business. Now, you don't have to go and network with the guy who's two blocks away from you when, when you own a small retail store. But it's probably a good idea to network with people around the country and, and find out what the current trends are and, and find out how they're running their business and learning from them. So that's what, in the consulting business, with all the years that I've put together in all these different industries, what I'm doing is I'm bringing all the, the abilities I have to get you into those networks and get you into, like you said, the mindset of a business owner. And you're absolutely right. We, we are grounded in our belief system. And what we believe will become truth. And I say that on my own radio show. That's how I end it. What you believe you will be, you will be. And that's, that's the truth of it. So our belief system is the roots of, of everything, business and personal life. Hmm. So uh, a quote that kind of even compliments that is, the me I see is the me I'll be. So pretty much you project what you believe, and so you cause it to happen and prove yourself right. And so if you're failing and flailing, you get more of the same because that's what you're believing is happening. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's exactly it. So, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I, actually, I want you to finish your thought because I'm going to go to something new. Go ahead. Okay. What what I was getting at, though, and you, you hit it right on, is what you believe you will be, you will be. And what you believe your business is going to do, it's going to do. And what you know is what you know. And getting to know what you don't know is more important than what you already know. Being able to admit that I don't know something, that, that that's huge. And how many books have you done, Todd? I have two now. One's, one's more just a workbook that goes along with uh, my Care More, Make More, uh, okay. 15 Concepts of, of uh, Successful Leadership and Management. But that more goes with the lecture. So right now I have just the first one out, and I have, a, I have another one in draft now, which is going to be aimed towards starting a business and uh, the type of networking and how to, how to find that networking. Would you mind sharing the distinction between the two books? Well, the one is, is leadership and management, which it separates what the differences are between the two, and that's care more and make more. Like, being a leader is not being a manager. Mm -hmm. Leaders are, are in the leadership role. Managers manage the systems and manage the business, but, but you can be a leader and a manager. But if you're doing a manager's job, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a leader. Gotcha. And okay. The, I'm sorry. The, the other book is still in development, but this one's going to talk about what some of the very common mistakes we make when we first start our businesses and mistakes that usually cost us a lot of money and put people out of business. So we're going to talk about in that book how to get around those obstacles and get started in business. Well, obviously that's a loaded 
uh, a loaded point for the show. So you wanted to share uh, one of the things you would be sharing in your book about what common mistakes people make when they're starting their business? Well, one of the most common mistakes is putting all their own money into it and not seeking any kind of financing for a business. Um, we have an apprehension towards the legal mechanisms in this country that are there for you to take the risk without risking your mo your own money. Uh, and that's one of them is bankruptcy. You know, at this past political cycle, we went through all this stuff about bankruptcy. Well, the, ho the whole reason the bankruptcy option is available to businesses is to encourage people to take risks. Because a lot of people are unaware that 99.7% of businesses in this country are small businesses. And small businesses account for over almost 65% of all GDP in this country. So it behooves the government to have a mechanism to encourage people to take risks. And once you can get past that risk mindset into, into that success mindset, I can do this, I can put this up without, and you lose that, that anxiety of risk, you have a much better chance of, of surviving and making a good go of your business. So you have the front end uh, low risk, which is other people's money, and then you have the back end low risk, which is basically a get out of jail free card to restart with other creative ideas. Right, and you don't get one, you know, as often. I mean, some people will be out there using it every year, but it's a, it's a once in seven year opportunity. So it's not something you want to go out and blow because uh, you're not going to get another opportunity to, to take a low risk chance like that for seven <coughs> more years. Uh, and then, but some people do. I mean, they've, they've got a great idea. They flounder it. They find out why, and then they put their own money into it. But there's an apprehension towards these mechanisms, but they're there for a good good fiscal reason and they, they aid the economy well i, I mean our, our friend mickey over in disneyland uh well disney i think went bankrupt four times I recall. yeah, yeah and, so and some side companies too and you know we have major corporations and they have subsidiaries and you'll see the subsidiaries go under and come right back up again uh kmart's a prime example you remember kmart about what was it 15 16 mm -hmm. years ago uh, they started to go into bankruptcy, and they turned around and they were bought out in bankruptcy. And and uh, or Kmart was was just coming out of bankruptcy and bought Sears. It, mm. It's mind-boggling what you can do if you know the mechanisms. And I personally, I don't know how the mechanisms work. I hire a lawyer. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So your book, Your Three Horses, you were uh, kind enough to bring copies. That's one thing that I like about Secret Knock is um, it's a wealth of information, but it's also a very generous space for authors to share their work and their word and connect with the attendees and the readers in the future. So your book, Your Three Horses, Desire, Passion, and Persistence, I'm just guessing, I'm going to go out on a limb but those are the three horses? Yes. <laughs> All right. So why, why the title? Um, you, you have three beautiful white stallions running towards the, the reader. So talk about that book cover and why that title is so important. Well, the, the reason the title is important is um, desire, passion, persistence are definitely your powerhouses to happiness and success. Uh, more so, though, I wanted to create a book, and I'm sure that, that you and many of the listeners have read a lot of these self-help books and motivational books. I wanted to create a, a metaphorical image that was going to be easy for people to remember. But at the same time, I had to balance, you know, a childish. I, I, it couldn't be childish. 
And, and that's what the goal of the book was, to just create. So the, the whole chariot and everything, when you put it together, is desire, passion, persistence are your three powerhouses. The reins are faith and trust, faith in yourself, faith in the universe, that, that things work out. The chariot is your purpose in life or your major goal. The wheels are the minor goals, and you, the rider, are always striving for perfection, which is never reached, but you're always striving for it. So in that simple image, I basically distilled Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, Wallace D. Waddle's entire philosophies into this image. And then the book itself goes into breaking each of those down into the initial steps that, that people can take to really start changing their lives. Makes sense. Let's go over a couple of the uh, the topics. Let's go start off with mindset. So, where are people's mindset? We did bring it up a little earlier in the show, but where is where are people's mindset, and what is the mechanism that you actually help people with that has that shift? Well, everyone's mindset's in a different place. Like a lot of people have some of the philosophies that that are going to lead to success, but at the same time, they're self sabotaging from another. Let me let me give you an example. You know that you need to get out and network, and, and you do that, and you're meeting the right people, and you're doing the right things, but at the same time at home, you're, you're struggling with these financial fears that, and, and that are going to keep you from making money, or you're struggling with relationship fears, or any of these things that are outside negative influences are nulling what you're trying to do positive over here. So what we want to do is, is we, the, the mindset is everything. It starts with your basic beliefs and then goes all the way out to, to what's affecting your mind from your past or your childhood. Why are you still allowing that to affect you when, when it has no role in your life now? Uh, it's in the past. And same with the future. You can't worry too much about the future because it hasn't happened yet. The, the main thing you worry about is what's going on right now. So... That's one of the, the key mindsets is to, to start letting all this uh, baggage and garbage go. Because uh, I, I, in the book, I say the more garbage you put in your mind, the more garbage you're going to get in your life. So you need to keep those things out of your life. So the mindset is really individual. And that's why, you know, for today, it's a rather sizable book. <laughs> it it yeah. certainly is. It's yeah. a, a little daunting, 260 pages, but it is a, it's full of great information and it allowed you to really go deep into storytelling. So why don't we uh, share the reference points you've made earlier about the rider and the chariot? Uh, the rider's you, and that's where the mindset is. Everything, everything that's around this chariot is what you're doing with your mindset. So the rider is very important. You have to realize that you are in control of every aspect of your life from this day forward. And you, in most of the time in the past, I mean, people will always come to me when I say this. You're never really a victim. Well, they'll say, well, somebody victimized me. Yes, that's probably true. But if it's 20 years later and you're still allowing that person to victimize you for whatever it was that happened, then you're choosing to be a victim. And that's a hard for a lot of people to accept because of some really nasty things happen in people's lives. And I've had a few things in my life happen. Some are in the book, some, some aren't. I had to save some for another book because it was actually around 400 pages. There was too many stories in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to cut it back a bit. So we saved some for a later version. But the whole thing is it's what we believe is, is what our lives are. And if we believe we're a victim, and that's a big problem in today's society is the victim mindset. We believe we're a victim of somebody else, then we're going to allow that person to victimize us, even if they're not, even if they don't intend to. 
And that's hard for some people to accept. So these basic mindset changes can be major challenges in people's lives because when you're raised to believe that this is how you should think and then somebody like me comes along, writes this fancy little book and says, uh -uh. if you think like that, you're going to be a failure or your life mm -hmm. is going to be miserable or you're going to be unhappy. But what I hope is that by reading the book, that if they do any kind of constantly mentioned self-reflection, some of us call it meditation, review of our life, whatever it is, you may one day realize, you know what? That guy had a point. Sure. I am creating these things in my life. Well, let's go a little deeper in those three horses and how you describe them in the book, um, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, well, the, the first one's desire. Uh, I don't believe that e any of these horses or feelings or, or mindsets are any more important than the other. You need all three. And desire is knowing what you want and what you want out of life. And, and a lot of people, if you ask them, they'll stumble. They don't know what they and, and it's very common. And they, they can't go, oh, yeah, I'm going to own this business. I'm going to make this much money. My wife and I are going to do this. They don't have any of that. They just go, I want to be happy. How? What makes you happy? Like define it. So, so that's desire is, is knowing what you want and being able to define it. And then passion is, this is where a lot of people make mistakes. They go into career fields for money, and they have no heart for it. They have no passion for it. And they end up being very, very miserable. So if you can get passion behind your desire, you're going to be able to fuel that desire and, and reach those goals. And then persistence is everyone is going to hit a setback or a failure or, or just a devastating loss trying to achieve their goals. And most people will give up as soon as that happens. People who are successful go through it over and over and over again. Yeah, they're relentless. Um, there is not a, a plan B or they, they don't allow themselves to be talked out of something because they were determined and they have the perseverance to go the distance. So totally right. agree with that. And I think that's actually the biggest difference of whether someone's successful or not is how perseverant they can be. So, and actually, if you think about it, if you don't quit, you're going to end up at some point making it. That's the point. Well, Ken, I'm really excited to, you know, talk about this because with the Keep Smiling movement, I mean, you you have shown all three areas of this, you know, the desire, the passion, and the persistence for the Keep Smiling movement. And then when I met you and, and uh, committed to this project as well, I mean, those things are there. So when we, you know, think about in the world of like other people that we know and who's been really successful to what they're doing despite you know, whatever they have going, whether it took time or challenges. And some people didn't have that. You know, they're able to just plow right through and get things moving really quickly. We've been very fortunate to have traveled around the world to see different people in different areas through our businesses that have been very successful and align ourselves with them, such as Todd. So it's very exciting. Yes, and Greg has his book, Stickability, which really is just another word for sticking it out and staying staying with it. And his other book, Three, Three Feet from Gold, also alludes to the fact that when you do quit, you don't know how close you were to actually making it, and you'll never know because you quit. So those are th that's why I wanted to go a little deeper with those points. Uh, you uh, make a lot of analogies to, uh, obviously, the, the three horses with the reins and the wheels. you want to talk about that part now? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh one of the things that people try to do is over plan. 
I mean, I mean, we need to plan. But a lot of us overplan. When our plans don't go the way we expect, we feel defeated. And you, there's almost no motivational books out there you won't get this, but it's an extremely important point. You have to understand that, that nothing goes as planned. You make plans, but they've got to be flexible. And that's where these wheels come in. The wheels on the chariot, these are your minor goals. Because it's easy to shift a minor goal. You know, you go, okay, this isn't working, but I can, I can go this route anyways. But what we do is we keep that purpose and that major goal the same. We allow that to be a little flexible because you're not going to reach it the way you thought you were going to reach it. But we still keep those big goals the same. I mean, th these are our big goals, too. These are our big life goals. You know, what are you doing? Are you developing a product that's going to change the world? Or do you just, you know, want to live in, in a blissful retirement? These these are your personal goals. And, and, but these minor goals, like I consider my two businesses my minor goals. And then my wife has a business, which is also leading, because our goals are, are a joint goal to where we can we can travel and live our lives however we want to. Totally makes sense. Andrea, did you have a question? Oh, yeah. For just a short, quick question, you know, uh, that we can uh, come back to after the break is when you're working with someone, what, what's your ultimate goal with them? You know, like, is there a, like a synopsis phrase that what your goal is for them? I don't have a goal for them. That's during our mm -hmm. first meeting. I find out what their goals are. And that becomes my goal to help them reach that so I can't set a goal for a business I can just come in and go where do you want to go and then I might evaluate that and go you know what that, that that's not big enough you need to think bigger that way if you don't hit your goal you're still successful mm. so you know I set I, I set my first goal for a hundred million in passive income real estate mm -hmm. you know and then that will happen I have no doubt how it's going to happen I don't know but I have these minor goals and I'm buying properties and I have rental properties and I don't even look at how much I have. I don't, I let my CPA deal with all that. I think I just keep buying it at every opportunity I get because I know what my major goal is. Mm. And that's a 10 year goal, which we're a year into. I get it. So you have so many fascinating chapters and I, I love the way you really deliver the content and make it extremely interesting. I want to close out this segment with uh, the chapter of the sixth sense, seeing opportunity, recognizing inspiration. You want to, Share your thoughts there. We'll oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the Sixth Sense was actually probably the hardest chapter to write in the whole book. Um, because I had to try to figure out a way to articulate a feeling. Um, some of us say, you know, when, when your Sixth Sense kicks in, you either know it or you don't. So I had to figure out, how did I learn to recognize my Sixth Sense? And I went back, and, 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 and in the book, I described, like, people who were victims of, say, uh, they, they get robbed in an alley. 90% of the time, what do they say? I knew I shouldn't have gone down that alley. <laughs> that was your sixth sense talking to you. You just weren't recognizing it. Right. And the real problem with the sixth sense is when you do recognize it and do it, you can't validate it. Because you can't go back and not do it and see what happens. Right. And vice versa. You, if you don't do it, you can't go back and do it and see what happens. So it's almost impossible to validate except through personal experience. So in the book, I tell people, you want to go back in your life and remember all those times you went, hmm, I already knew that. Oh, I knew that. Once you start to you know, med meditate on that and examine those things, you start to realize, wow, my sixth sense is talking to me really often. And then we can also add a little bit of logic to that sixth sense. We can take our goals 
and narrowed down what we should be listening to. And let me, let me explain that just a little bit more. We want to understand what our sixth sense is telling us. So if, if we, we spot an opportunity, we should be able to logically associate that to our major goal. And if it doesn't reach that goal, we let it go. So that's one way to, to try to refine how you see your own sixth sense. All right. Well, I have to confess, it wasn't until I had my seventh sense that it even told me I had a sixth sense. So <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> very illuminating how you discovered yours. So we're going to go to break right now. Again, this is Ken Roshan and Andre Adams Miller with Amplified on Voice America. And we are, of course, sponsored by Big Events USA, Keep Smiling Movement, the Umbrella Syndicate, and the Red Carpet Connection. We'll be back in a minute. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Influencers lead, but on Twitter, they also follow. Check out what the influencers are saying and talk back to us with your great ideas. Follow the Voice America Influencers channel on Twitter at VA Influencers. That's at VA Influencers and join in. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is Amplified. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back, Ken Roshan and Andre Adams Miller with Voice America and the Influencer Channel. And we are here at the Keep Smiling headquarters at BWI Airport, right near BWI Airport in the Washington, D.C. area. And we are so excited to have Todd Radis, who drove countless hours to be here live on studio and he is going from the show to actually putting in place what he's talking about in his book and what he's going to be sharing in the second segment so this is a very exciting time for uh, the key smiling movement because we're going to be infusing some really amazing ideas that cause abundance impact and really a more efficient way of being successful so todd thank you so much for driving out here and being on the show we're going to dedicate the second part of the show to really digging into what do you do with the uh, a new client how do you actually set things up so they're going to succeed are you ready oh yeah i'm ready all right so what are we looking at today you can share with the audience uh what what you do when you're looking at a new business and even how you decide which uh, businesses you're going to work with well that that's uh that's the first step is to decide whether you can help a business or not and that's uh that comes down to like a personal evaluation of the people who are in charge. And to be honest, most of the time, I'd say close to 60% of the time, I won't even take it on. Because it's a, a, a waste of time and, and, you know, yeah, I do have a nice retainer fee and people think, oh, well, get the retainer fee. But that retainer fee isn't as valuable as the long-term consulting a year contract. So... I don't want to waste people's time or time or money if they're in a situation they can't get out of. Uh, so the first the first situation is just get them on the phone and see if I think I can help. So that's kind of the and the personal coaching I do two free coaching calls uh, initially for for you know happiness and success coaching for businesses I do one and that's more for me. That's to allow me to evaluate whether I think I can help this business or not. And if I do, then we'll go into the retainer and then we'll go into, you know, the six-month or 12-month consulting program. And, and I have some alternate options, too, for businesses that are out of money. So, Ken, and just as a distinction here, one thing that Todd is doing for the Keep Smiling movement is something very different than what he's ever done before. He doesn't work with nonprofits. <laughs> <laughs> However, he's... Uh, thought that we fit the three horses <laughs> and so he and when we met him and I had a chance to speak with him a couple times he really liked you know our vision for what we had our you know dedication our desire and our persistence to what we want to create in the world and said you know uh, specifically because what you guys are doing uh, well you say it you're the one who gave us the compliment <laughs> why don't you do it again <laughs> well I, I think what you're doing is a, wor a worthy cause and, and I think that you can you can have an impact and change a lot of lives uh, long term and when you sent me the the presentation i got more into it because uh, i saw that you know all the medical research showing what how healthy it is to smile and be happy and be interactive with people and, and i truly believe that that's something that needs to be shared so i think it's a great movement um as for working with nonprofits, just something i've never done before but a uh, business is a business and i consulted again my network consulted with some people who work with nonprofits. 
And they pretty much said there's not much difference between a nonprofit and a regular business except how you file taxes. <laughs> I was actually about to go there because uh, we recently became formally a nonprofit, but we, not by choice, were a nonprofit before we became a nonprofit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't choose to be a nonprofit before we became a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we we did so much dedication. Uh, you first, and then I came on, and then you enrolled me to Andrea. Let's get on board with this mission where we both really dedicated not only our our time, money, and resources to this movement to make it happen. I mean, it, to me, uh, you know, we've joked before with other people about publishing a book is like having a baby, and you need to take care of the baby. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I became the you know adopted mother of this uh, baby that <laughs> that you had. <laughs> And, and want to be able to give it all that it needs so that it can grow up and affect the entire world and, and create a legacy for itself. So, you know, I'm very passionate about it. So I was really excited that we were able to enroll Todd that uh, what we're doing is really out to change the world. So, Todd, we're going to ruin or I'm going to ruin your 60-40 split. So you said 60% of the time you learn things that dissuade you from believing you can make a difference for the person and you decline to assist or help them so what you know when you answer this people are going to hear it and then they're going to fix things so you take 100 percent of people so what is what is something that you hear that is like a red flag and then what is something you hear that's like a white flag that they're surrendering saying you're the perfect uh person or you're you're someone that i would yield to to make sure that i am successful well one of the number one things is, is people wait too long and they amass way too much debt Mm-hmm. Um, there, there comes a finite point where you have so much debt that you, you, you're better off to declare bankruptcy and start over. And then mm-hmm. you call. Uh, gotcha. Because it would take you so many years to recover that debt uh, that it's pointless to do it when you could just declare bankruptcy and start over again. And again, we, we talked a little bit about the bankruptcy mechanism of taking risks. Um, so if you learn that, hey, bringing a consultant in it might be a, a better route. And then the other thing that I find is, is owners who absolutely refuse to release any kind of control. Um, there, there are owners out there who should, who should own their business and have nothing to do with the operation. It was their idea, it's their baby, but they don't have the skills to actually run it. And they're not willing to put people in positions to do that for them. Uh, so that's another red flag. Uh, and they'll just state, state it out like, I'm going to do this, and I'm the one who's going to fix it, and, and, I, and then I'll delve into that a little bit further and see if I get any give in that mindset. If I don't, then there's nothing I can do for you. You're going to keep doing the exact same things that ruined your business in the first place. And, and a lot of times we can get away with that because, uh, you know, we might own a retail business, and, but you can't expand beyond that. So the other, the other person that I help is, as I help people consider multiple locations and uh, again a majority of the time the owner doesn't want to release that control they don't want to have a manager at their other location because this has been their baby for so long Mm -hmm. so i teach them to have a manager at both locations and become an owner and not an owner operator so and and all these things take a little bit of time and 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 they also take someone to come in and be honest you you can't be a coward and and be a consultant that's for sure you got to be able to get in there and tell people what you really think and you, you, you're going to get to experience, uh, you know, my, my direct consulting here very soon. But you're going to find my goal is your goal. That's why I have to ask you what your goal is first. But cool. I'm going to be the one person in your entire life who is just going to tell you 
that you should consider this. And hmm. you, this is a mistake. This is definitely a mistake. This this could be refined. That's the kind of information you get from me. And then you're going to get flat out, you, maybe you shouldn't be doing this at all. So we're going to examine all that with any business that I go into. That's the first consultation. So I, you know, I, I waive the fee for you guys because I really like you guys. And it's, it's normally, you know, almost $13,000 to have me come out for the first consultation. I'm glad you picked such a lucky number to start <laughs> off with, 13. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, 12, 5 plus travel. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that's what you came up with today for driving. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm so thankful for that. And it makes me really excited because uh, that you're making this commitment to us as well, just to even yeah. meet with us today. and. Um, um, you know, allowing us to be vulnerable so that we can make this happen. Because uh, I know this is what we're dedicated to. It's you know, it's really exciting when the when the you know world gets to hear you know us talking right now and sees about this and sees like how you know initially the movement with Barry Shore and him being a quadriplegic and then you know being uh, going through changing his mindset with the thought of a smile and how his world changed that he went from complete quadriplegic to eight years later being able to walk again and how Ken met him and just this whole idea of like what you said taking the neurology and the biopsycho you know, uh, social aspects of how people's lives change. You know, Todd believing in us is just a really great example of how many other people that we've already got to do books with us who are really loving everything. So it's amazing how it's happening. Well, that's 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 what I'm getting at with this business. It's like like she said, it's a little bit different. Um, we I like I do have some other programs. If you've got a, a really good business that's in trouble, but you know it should be working. Um, you know, that's when you contact me and realize I'm not going to be your mommy or your daddy on this. I'm going to be your consultant and I'm going to tell you the truth. And you can choose to believe me or not. But my <laughs> goal is what's be in your best interest. And that's what a, um, a consultant really has to be. It has to be somebody who, A, has some experience. And, and I've seen this and, and, and it's kind of becoming becoming a, a regular conversation amongst you know people who've done things for a lifetime and became consultants is I'm seeing a lot of people who did it once and go oh, I'm a consultant uh, eh, I want to see someone who failed four or five times and then succeeded six or seven times or one time big before I, I would consider that person having the skills because uh, you learn more from your failures than, than your successes and there's a lot of consultants and a lot of people claim to be consultants and coaches online. And I'm, I guess I'm just telling the listeners, do your homework before you choose somebody and make sure that person resonates with you. Uh, you don't want a consultant coming out that you don't like. Yes, and just to add a little more to that, it's called due diligence. So you can do Google searches. You can talk to their top clients and uh, ask for the results and get very specific because you are handing over something that could be uh, considered really your life, your your passion, your purpose in life, or um, almost like a baby. It's the, it's the thing you're nurturing to actually make a difference in the world. So I highly uh, encourage you to heed that advice. It is very, very important. I recently had an accident that kind of caused me to rethink and reset the way I approach life, and so it's it's very timely that I'm talking to you, Todd, because I couldn't be more open-minded, and that's why I use that word, 
surrender or white flag and white flag not from a quitting standpoint but from a standpoint of you don't have all the answers if you did you wouldn't be in the place you're in so uh, i also wanted to comment on when you talk about the the owner operator and he believes he has all the answers yet the results he's getting are so far from what he said he wanted to have as a, a goal or at least a success definition so let's talk about what you do in your first day, because we're certainly going to experience it, but I want the audience to know uh, when they call you, what type of day they're going to have. Uh, it's not an hour meeting. Um, it usually starts on the phone. Uh, we do our first phone consultation. Uh, in this case, I did it with, with Andrea, what, last week? Mm -hmm. So I was with her for, what, about an hour and a half on the phone talking about oh, the business? Two. Yeah, it might be two. <laughs> Uh, that's just to get an idea of what I'm going to hit you with when I get here. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives me an idea of where we're at and, and what we haven't achieved and what we want to achieve. So I kind of already know what Andrew's goals are. Uh, I haven't had the time to be on the phone with you yet, so we'll clear that up when we, when we get in the meeting. But the goal is to first find out if you have a solid goal that you believe is achievable and, and what your plans are to achieve that goal. Then the second thing we're going to look at is why did you call me in? And 99% of the time that's because something's wrong financially. So we're going to review finances. We're going to go over three months at this meeting. We're going to, we're going to talk about the last three months of income and expenses. And then we're going to look at six months worth. And I don't really need to go back any further than that. Unless you've had some kind of major change over the last three months where things have started to look up or have gone majorly down, then we might need to go back a year. But really, I just need to know where you're at financially and where you want to get to. And then the next thing is to find out what it is that you have that is monetizable. Uh, meaning, what services, products, or, or things do you offer that you can monetize to generate funds? Now, what, what's nice about the, the charity that, that you have is we can actually just raise funds through donations. So, who do we have putting that campaign together? Is that campaign in process? Whatever it is, we'll find out where it's at, and then we'll set goals to start achieving that. And then we'll, we'll have a phone call. We'll, we'll have a three-way phone call every week for an hour minimum for accountability. And then hopefully within about a month to two months, we have another face-to-face -to, -face to review the next step. So we need to find out all the basics today and, and compile those into a plan and then take that plan and put it into action. And, and another thing that we will do today, uh, in, in this case, is we need to develop uh, systems operations. Um, so everybody's on page and knows what their responsibilities are and what those responsibilities entail and how we achieve resolving those. And then by creating these systems, now you can hand that off to a manager when you grow. Mm -hmm. Here's what we did in these situations. And in today's world, you can have searchable PDF documents for your sysops and your managers or future leaders, but the whole idea is to lay that groundwork foundation that we can grow from. So that's one of that's going to be pretty much today is going to be a be a few hours minimum, Ken. <laughs> I got you. So let's talk about um, I guess since you have a book here and you tell lots of stories, um, why don't you share? an example of something where you came in and you saw what they were doing that was really holding them back and how you caused them to pivot and put some things in place and how it changed everything. Well, I, um, as I mentioned earlier, I was in valet services. And this is where I really, it was about 20 years ago now, I really made a name for myself. 
I had a boss. He hired me. He, he actually contacted me. Someone referred me and said, look, you need this guy. And at the time, I was, I was doing some retail work. And he called me up, and he says, I have a problem. I said, what's the problem? He says, I don't know. I'm bleeding cash, and I don't know why. Now, he had bookkeepers, accountants, CPAs. He has everybody in place. And I said, you're bleeding cash. He says, yeah, it's not getting into the coffers. Sounds like theft to me. I said, well, put me down in a, you know, give me the job, and I'll see what I can find. And it, over the next two years, we fired 17 managers, a district manager, and recovered $2.5 million a year in income. Wow. That was being stolen on the ground. But he, re he was smart enough to realize he wasn't in the field. He was never going to be able to see it. So he brought an outsider in whom everyone viewed me as too stupid to know what was going on because I'm new to the parking industry. <laughs> and uh, so I went in, the, the went in there, and at the time they had, uh, I believe it was 36 or 38 locations uh, right in Philadelphia. And we, we did a nice cleanup job. Um, well, I don't want to get into any CD details, but I ended up in another parking company where we 10x their income. Uh, and that was all customer service issues. Wow. So it's amazing what you can do with the right things in the right places and the right accountability. But that, that, that was my proudest one was to recover $2.5 million in funds that were being stolen a year. Um, I thought that was, that was, I had the most fun doing that. <laughs> well, since you just talked about customer service goes with the other one, what was, what was the gap there? Uh, the gap was there, there, these, the managers had the idea that their valets were drivers and their job was to park cars. I came in with the Dale Carnegie style philosophy that their job was to provide customer service and parking cars was incidental. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, within two years, I was able to go around the city and bring in as many of the best drivers as I could find because they knew after two years, my drivers were telling them, I am making so much money and tips over here. You've got to come over. So, <laughs> They, they, I would have the best drivers in the city going, I know I can come over here and kill it in your garage. And, you know, I don't, you, I'm sure you've been to Philly several times. You're close enough. Sure. One of the parking there is valet. There's very tight garages. And you see it the same thing in New York City. So I got to the point where, where these, these young men who work for me and women, they would get upset if their, if their vests were stained. I mean, imagine that. You've got a street kid from North Philly going, hey, I got a stain on my ballet vest. I need to get this off because it's how being and how he was presenting himself. And he knew that. And we ended up being written up by the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer for best ballet services two years in a row in the city. So it was just customer service changed the whole thing around. They That's weren't awesome. Service. They were ballets. Well, we're going to move over to rapid fire. That's where Andre and myself ask you, questions quickly and you answer them quickly so we can get as many things to the audience as possible so i'll go to my my go-to since especially you're an author what's a, a book or two that you read that changed your life you don't have to say why just who what the book is and what it taught you and who it was uh napoleon hill think and grow rich and dale carnegie how to stop worrying and start living and i noticed that was actually a, a part in your book we didn't get to go over so we'll that about worrying how it's a waste of time. So, Andrea, go ahead. 
Um, I'd like to know what kind of a ch- uh, one or two charities that are really you're passionate about. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm a St. Luke's, and that's it. Everything I donate goes to St. Luke's. Awesome. Yeah, it's just that's what my heart is, and awesome. and they're also a really good charity on the back end on the books too. Fabulous. So, I guess a consultant question for you: What is a challenge that you've had to overcome to get where you are recently? Oh, my own limiting beliefs on where I could go. Okay, and it was definitely all in my head. Andrea. Um, so uh, you have that ten-year goal. Uh, what's a twenty-year goal for you? That's I don't need a twenty-year goal. I'll work on the ten. So <laughs> once I get to the ten, I'll refine it to a twenty. Perfect. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> so when you approach a year like this year, 2019, or look at ahead to 2020, what are your thoughts as a consultant mindset for how you're going to attack it and win? Well, this year is going to be primarily marketing um, because I want to build my, my customer base with the consulting business. It's only a couple years old, and I've spent most of my time doing individual success coaching. And I've had the business skills, but I haven't gone after that yet but the, the more I the longer I'm out of it the more I miss it and I want to get back into their back into the trenches Andrea uh, what's your uh, perfect avatar what do they look like my perfect avatar. the one you really want to work with besides Ken and I <laughs> <laughs> oh my perfect avatar my perfect avatar is is any business person that's on the edge because there's comes a point where you're going to fail or succeed I want that person who's on that teetering on that edge. Awesome. So you like quotes. You put them in throughout your book. Uh, what is a favorite quote or two that you live by? Oh, I, 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 oh God, you caught me off guard here. Hold on. Skip and come back. Let me think about that because I have so many in my head. Oh, I can't skip and you. come back was your quote. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's a pretty damn good quote. <laughs> well, maybe we'll, we'll make it one. <laughs> we'll make it one. <laughs> um, uh, if you had a superhero power, what would it be? Superhero power. Oh, to to uh, see what people are thinking. Oh, I thought you were going to say to come up with quotes. <laughs> 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 see what people are thinking. Awesome. All right. And um, I guess I could help you with a quote because I just found one in 147 on your book. <laughs> be the type of person you want, you would like to meet, Dr. Greg S. Reed. So yeah, I that's, love, I love that's, Dr. So we are actually down to our last 30 seconds, so I just want to thank you, Todd, for not only being on the show, but committing to help businesses be all they can be and specifically taking an interest in the Keep Smiling movement is certainly the movement that we hope will shift the world into making better choices, being more positive, generous, and collaborative, and creating a world that we all would love to see and experience. So this is Ken Rashawn with Amplified on the Influencer Channel on Voice America. We are brought to you by Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, and of course, the Keep Smiling Movement. And today, your three horses. So thank you, Todd. You have a great day. We look forward to spending it with you and making a big difference in the world. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.